You are listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. For more information on RSN, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our student pastor, Gabe Pecoraro. Tonight, we are finishing the year off in this series called His Name Shall Be, jumping in with the rest of the church, where we've been talking about the names of Jesus. And we've been talking about how names, what they do is they actually show us how we identify a person. They give us a little perspective into what their life is like, how they act, who they are, just like the way that I identify you. You might identify me as Pastor Gabe. You might identify me as Gabe. I might identify you as Nathan or as Logan. We have names like that, but we also have nicknames. You could have a nickname like people call me tall or people call me, they say that I have long, luscious locks, right? Might have a nickname like that for people. We might have titles for people like doctor or physician or musician or teacher, And as we learn more about people and we learn more about their names, we learn more about their character and who they are. And as we've been studying these names of Jesus, our prayer as a church has been, as you learn these names of Jesus, you learn a little bit about who he is. You learn more about him. And as you dive into that, you grow in love towards him because you realize everything that he has done for you, how he has loved you before you even knew him, and how he's your creator, your master, and ultimately the perfect keeper of your heart. So tonight, we're gonna continue in that series. Um, And before we get going, I do wanna pray for us one more time. So if you guys would bow your heads, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this night and I thank you for who you are. And Father, I ask in these next few minutes that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive and that we would be challenged and convicted as we leave the sanctuary to continue to open our hearts and our minds to you, to submit to you, and to let you lead our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So tonight we're gonna start in a passage, Isaiah chapter 53, verse six, and it says, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all, And I think every single person in this room recognizes that our world is a pretty messed up place, right? Raise your hand if you feel like the world's a pretty messed up place. Raise your hand if you feel like you weren't enthusiastic enough when I said the world's a pretty messed up place. You probably should raise two hands, right? Our world is a very, very messed up and broken place. And why? Because we as people have sinned. We've missed the mark. And what is the consequence of sin? Ultimately is death, but also we see that there's these side effects of brokenness, of heartache, of depression, of anxiety, of things that are not of God, of things that are not good things. And we live in a broken world. And what Isaiah 53, six is saying that every single one of us, like sheep, have strayed away. That we had a plan, that God had a plan, and we left that plan. We missed the mark. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Who is this him that the Lord laid the sins on? Who is it? Jesus, right? And we see every single one of us have messed up. And Jesus took our punishment so that we could be made right with God again. And it's talking about sheep 
And so I think that what we need to talk about now is shepherds. And what we see is in shepherds is, is first off, if you think about the, the long times ago when the Bible was written in the ancient East, shepherds were not a highly regarded position. You didn't go out and when people asked what you do, you were not enthusiastic when you said, I'm a shepherd. A lot of times, shepherds were the people who were the youngest in the family. Shepherds were the people who it was the lowliest position on the familial ladder. You didn't wanna be a shepherd. It wasn't something you aspired to be when you grow up. When I grow up, I wanna be a shepherd. It reminds me of the B movie where that dude's like, or when Barry's like, what job'd you get? And he's like, picking the crud out. Like who wants to pick the crud out as their job, right? That's what we see with shepherds is they weren't a highly esteemed position. But what did they do? Shepherds kept up with these flocks of sheep. They would lead them, they would guide them, they would protect them from wild animals. They would take them from place to place to place. And honestly, probably worse than maybe the fact that it was super hot during the day and super cold at night, the fact that there was wolves and there was bears and there was lions, the fact that you had to go from pasture land to pasture land and know all the nooks and crannies of the different places to go, worse than that was probably the sheep. And the reason, as probably a lot of you guys know, is I think sheep, if there's a word that I would use to describe them, they're dumb. Sheep are real dumb, real stubborn. They, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of stuff going on in their brains, right? Well, here's the thing. Isaiah 53 says that we all, like sheep, we're compared to sheep. And what we're talking about with shepherds, honestly, the worst part is probably the sheep, right? They get lost, they get fearful. They don't drink the water if the water's moving too fast. They don't lay down and fall asleep if the pasture land's not perfectly right. They don't know how to do things. Actually, I think I have a couple of videos that are really gonna tickle y'all's funny bone and we can talk about it, all right? Pretty bad, right? Well, I'm gonna read you, I'm gonna, in 2005, a Fox News article, this is what it said. It said, first one sheep jumped to its death. Then, Stunned Turkish shepherds who had left the herd to graze while they had breakfast watched as nearly 15 other, or 1,500 others followed. That's 1,500 others followed, each leaping off the same cliff. In the end, 450 dead animals lay on top of one another in a billowy white pile. In the Axum newspaper said, those who jumped later were saved as the pile got higher and the fall more cushioned. 450 sheep followed as one jumped off a cliff to its death. We're compared to sheep. No wonder mom says, well, if your friend jumps off a cliff, are you going to, right? Well, here's the thing. In this case, they literally did. But this is what we need to know about sheep. Sheep are fearful, sheep are afraid, sheep are anxious, sheep need water, sheep need food, sheep need to be led into places that they need to go where there is safety, they don't have teeth, they can't fight off things. Sheep are entirely reliant on a shepherd. They need a shepherd. And here's the thing, if sheep don't have a shepherd, sheep are gonna follow the other sheep off the cliff. And how many of us have fallen off the cliff into this sin or into this friend group 
are into this thing, are into constantly feeling anxious and depressed and going deeper and deeper and deeper down and not seeking help because we are following the sheep and not the good shepherd. That's what we're gonna be talking about tonight, that we are like sheep and we have a good shepherd. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 10, verses seven through 15. He says, therefore Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. And the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. The thing that I want you guys to see tonight is that Jesus, the good shepherd, brings his sheep into pasture and life to the full. We talked about how a sheep will probably be really, really quick to follow another sheep right off of a cliff and that we need a shepherd. And Jesus is called the good shepherd in this passage. And what we see is that Jesus, the good shepherd, brings his sheep into life and as a lot of translations put it, life more abundantly. And what do we need to see about this good shepherd? What are the characteristics of Jesus? I think we see him in this passage. Well, first he says that he is the gate. That means that the good shepherd welcomes us. If you want to find good pasture in your life, if you want to find hope and security in a future for all eternity, if you want to find peace that surpasses all understanding, if you want to find a strong tower that the righteous can run into and are saved, you need to stop looking in you. You need to stop looking in another friend. You need to stop looking in this TV show or this video or this sports team or this thing. You need to look in Jesus. What we see about the sheep and, and, and the shepherds in the ancient times is that the sheep pen was made up of fencing, right? And there was an opening at the sheep pen. And there was not a door. There wasn't like a gate like what you see in people's backyards today. The gate was actually the shepherd. And so if a sheep wanted to get out, the shepherd had to let it out. If a sheep wanted to come in, the shepherd would let them come in. But what did the shepherd do? The shepherd protected against wild animals. The shepherd protected against foes. You see, the gate to good pasture is not found in winning another championship or getting another A. The gate to good pasture is not found in another Instagram like or not found in another prestige in COD. It's found in Jesus. Jesus is the gate, not just to life abundantly today, life with peace today, but a hope and a future tomorrow and for all eternity. So Jesus is the gate. What else do we see about this good shepherd, Jesus? Well, he brings us to safety. We see throughout this passage that there's, there's wolves and there's thieves and there's robbers. And what do they seek to do? They seek to steal, to kill, and to destroy. 
Raise your hand if you've ever felt like your joy has been stolen or your life within you has been killed a little bit. You've been destroyed a little bit by things. Every single one of us, we live in a broken world. The good shepherd protects us. He has come to bring life and life to the full. The good shepherd is our safety. And the other thing that we see about the good shepherd is that he knows us. In verses 14 and 15, it says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Like what we talked about last year, we talked about, how, or last week, sorry. Jesus is this man of sorrows, he's this great high priest, right? He's a man of sorrows who has lived a life and he has walked through all the, the tough and sad things that we've had to walk through. He's also a great high priest who is able to get with our weaknesses, he understands. It tells us in Hebrews chapter four that he has been tempted in all the different ways, yet he never sinned. And what we see is that this good shepherd knows us. Why does he know us? Because he created you. He knows that if you have to do a presentation in math class, it's going to make you nervous out of your mind and you're gonna feel it in your, your palms. They're gonna get clammy. You're gonna start to sweat a little bit and you're gonna feel like you're, you're not saying things the way that they need to be said. He knows that when you sit at the Christmas table and you're having to sit next to this cousin and your dad and your mom are in the same room, you are nervous out of your mind and you don't know what to do. He knows that when you go to this tryout and you're super, super nervous and you don't know how you're, he is right there with you. He knows when you are trying to learn more and more about him and you feel ill-equipped and you don't know how to share the gospel to your friends and this and that and the other and you feel like God could never use you. What do we see? We see that he knows that and he's right there with you in that. But what else does it say? It says that his sheep know him. And I think a lot of us run off the cliff with the other sheep, expecting for a shepherd to catch us when we don't know the shepherd's voice. I can't tell you how many times in my life had I actually stopped for a minute and prayed, I would have not fallen off a cliff. Can't tell you how many times in my life I know what the Bible says, I don't do what the Bible says. And guess what? I'm in a ditch. You see, a relationship is a two-way street. And one of the most beautiful things about God is he gives us the ability to choose. Jesus puts all the cards on the table you wanna know what you're gonna find in me? You're gonna find life. You're gonna find life abundantly. You're gonna find peace. You're gonna find the fruits of the spirit. You're gonna find a community of believers who are gonna love you and who are gonna pray for you, who are gonna challenge you and call you higher, but also give you a shoulder to cry on. He puts it all out on the table. And every other sheep that we follow right off of the cliff, if we were to look at their cards and we put them out on the table, what are they gonna be? They're gonna be fights with friends. They're gonna be dishonesty. They're gonna be manipulation. They're gonna be sadness, brokenness, heartache. So you tell me what's the better choice. The good shepherd or falling off a cliff with another sheep. 
That's what we see. So we as believers have to know the good shepherd's voice. And how do we do that? We do it by learning what his word says. We do it in prayer. We do it in community with one another. And this is the last thing that we need to see with the good shepherd is sheep deserve to die. What does Isaiah 53 say? It says that we all have gone astray and God laid on him the sins of us all. But this is, this is the honest truth. If a shepherd leaves a sheep unattended, the sheep are gonna die. That sheep in there would have laid in that ditch. It would never have been able to get out. That sheep be dead, right? The sheep that get stuck in the door, I guess they're gonna keep doing that for the rest of, they never gonna eat again, never gonna drink some waters. They needed some shepherds and the shepherds weren't there, they died. We need a shepherd. And we need a shepherd who in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our rebellion against God would lay his life down for us. And guess what? The good shepherd did it. Jesus did it for you and I. And so when Jesus makes this claim that in me is life and life abundantly, he means it. Because he gave his life for you and I. He gave it. Remember, we said that shepherds were not royalty back in their day. They were the lowest position. And Jesus is God. And Jesus is descended from heaven to become like us and to die on a cross for you and I. In the good shepherd, there is life. So in a world that, as we just all admitted to, is draining the life out of us, that we're all tired in, that we're all broken in, we need hope and we need refuge and we need Jesus, the good shepherd. So in Psalm 61, we're gonna read it in a second. We see that David is, is the one writing this Psalm. And what we know about David's life is that it was up and down and up and down. He reached the pinnacle, the highest of highs, and he also was in the lowest of lows. We see that David started off as a shepherd and ultimately ascended this ladder to being the, the second king of Israel. And then to be somebody who, who was, Jesus is prophesied of being the, in the line of David. He's, he's, he's called a man after God's own heart. We see all of these things, but we also see that David made some really, 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 really horrible decisions. And we don't know exactly where this Psalm falls in the life of David, but we know if we look at his life, he'd probably been in the pit before. And that's where we're reading this Psalm. That's where it's picking up. Psalm chapter 61, it says, from the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And this is what I believe about this Psalm. I believe that David was probably at the end of his earthly understanding of the situation. I believe that David was probably extremely confused and anxious and worried. I believe that David didn't know where to turn to. And David is making a conscious decision to ask God to lead him to a place of security. Rocks are strong, rocks are used to build fortresses, rocks are safe to lead him to a place of height because his perception where he is at, it needs to get a little bit bigger. I need a, a broader perspective of things. I don't need to look at things with my perspective. I need God's perspective. 
And what we see in this psalm is that David is making a conscious decision that instead of following sheep off a cliff, I'm gonna turn to my good shepherd and ask him to lead me to a place that I can't get to on my own. And that is my challenge for you guys. It's the last RSM of the year where we're talking, we're, we're doing a regular teaching. If we can leave as a student ministry recognizing that we're not gonna have all the answers ourselves, that we're gonna be confused a whole lot of times, that we're gonna be scared and upset and worried and anxious, probably more times than not. But if we leave vowing to and holding each other accountable to, ask the good shepherd to lead us to a place that's higher than we can get to on our own, I promise you we will be doing better than what a lot of other people are. And I can tell you that this has been true even today in my own life. So this week has been an absolute, just like, it's just been a banana fire crap storm thing that's been all happening, right? Dumpster fire, just all the things, right? And lots of stuff's been happening. My mind has been so unbelievably occupied with so many things. And over the last like two or three days, I've been trying to prep for this week. And this morning I got home from men's prayer um, that, that we do at the church, got home and just started working on stuff. Started working on stuff, banging my head against the wall, haven't sent notes out to our small group leaders, haven't gotten things done, feel super, super far behind. I'm not excited about what's being taught and this and that and the other. And so I started talking to Ellie, it's probably like 10.30. And Ellie just asked me, she was like, well, have you had your quiet time yet? It's like, well, no, I got home and I started, doing my, I started doing my stuff for tonight. I didn't have time. I had to get everything ready. She's like, well, then you know what you need to do. Stop banging your head against the wall trying to do something on your own when you need to go and you need to be fed first. And so that's what I did. I went and as I should have done and as I normally do, I went and had my quiet time a whole lot later than normal. And what I felt in a moment of being unbelievably overwhelmed, of not feeling like there was enough minutes in the day, was I felt at that time like I was steadied a little bit. Like I was able to actually take a breath. And it was crazy that when I returned back to the text of scripture, it meant so much more to me. It spoke to me so much more. My perspective was different. Why? I cannot get to that place on my own. And here's the thing. I am telling you guys that because I want you guys to recognize, don't put me on a pedestal up here like this person is more holy and righteous or whatever, there's pastor in their title, whatever. Every single one of us are like sheep and have gone astray. And every single one of us have to get led by the good shepherd. And I want you guys' daily cry to be, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, lead me. That's what it needs to be for me, what it needs to be for Jeffrey, what it needs to be for Pastor Jeremy, what it needs to be for all of you guys. And so the way that we're gonna end tonight is this. We're gonna end in worship. And the goal is, I wanna challenge you guys as you go to small groups to try and create times 
where you can actually have some worship in your regular day-to-day life. We're gonna end with like, you know, singing a song and this and that and the other. But I wanna challenge you guys. What if it may be that you drive a car, maybe it's turning on worship music in your car and it's just taking a deep breath and asking the Lord to, to steady you, to calm you down. There's a whole lot going on in the day. Maybe it's you wake up in the morning and you play music. I was interviewing somebody tonight for baptism and they say they play worship music every night by their bedside. That is a great habit to have. But my challenge for you guys is every single one of us needs to be steadied in our life. Every single one of us needs to be led. So make space to do that, okay? We're gonna worship together. You guys can stand or sit or respond how you feel led. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building His kingdom at therenovation.church.